podcast, a space where I give you strategies and tips for entrepreneurship, relationship, and personal development. Happy Wednesday, happy hump day. I hope you're having an amazing week so far. This is episode 150 of the Tokes Talks podcast. That is crazy. (laughs) When I think about 150 weeks and what that represents. And when I humble myself by going back to episode one and listening to the quality, the content, the lack of confidence and all of that other stuff, it's just so mind blowing and surreal that I stuck it out for 150 weeks to get to this celebration. I was going to get myself a bunch of balloons and stuff, but then I was like, no, it's okay. I'll probably end up doing that for the three-year anniversary. But thank you all so much for continuing to listen to me, supporting me, subscribing, leaving your reviews, encouraging me, letting me know when you actually like the episodes because sometimes I'm here thinking that I'm killing it and I'm not. Or on the other side, I think I'm not killing it and I get that confirming text message from somebody saying, you did an amazing job. I really like that episode. It really spoke to me. You all are the reason why I do this. And as I continue to grow and hopefully do another 150 more at least, I hope that you continue to support me and be open. Let me know what you want to hear about, what you like, what you don't like. Part of the reason why I've added in this Ask Toke segment is because of that. I want to hear from you. I want to get personal with you. I want to know what you want from me and try my best to not only give you my perspective, but to also hear more of your perspective and bring that into this discussion and conversation. So thank you, thank you, thank you for hanging out with me for 150 weeks and listening to what I have to say, you know, (laughs) who would have thought? Well, I wouldn't have thought when I think back to growing up and I was always called a chatterbox and I was always told you talk too much, you talk too much, you don't focus. I remember in grade one, my teacher called me a chatterbox and I was traumatized. It was so sad, but (laughs) here we are chatting our way to the top. Tokes Talks Too Much is a movement now and something that I do for a living. Like life is mind blowing. So that's enough of all the sentimental talk. The rest of this episode, I'm going to be answering two listener questions about release. So you can send me questions to its.tokestalks at gmail.com. Our theme for next month is going to be healing. So if you have any healing questions, ask me, ask me, ask me, and I will select at least two for the final episode of the month. So this week, I have two questions. One of them is a romance release question and the other is a business release question. I guess that really kind of balances out what we do here anyway. So let me read you the questions and then give some of my perspective and answers. So the first one reads, hey Tokes, I want your advice on releasing myself from the trauma of, uh, from the trauma that my ex caused me. He was a mean person, he made me feel small, and he never encouraged me. When we ended, he looks at me and said, no one will ever be able to put up with your BS even if they like you. It's been a year and a half and I still can't get over it. 
Whenever I meet someone new and things are going well, that thought creeps back into my head and I pull away. I can't trust anyone. He's moved on and I'm still here. How can I get his words out of my mind? So first off, I want to start off by apologizing to you. That's horrible and you don't deserve, well, one, I'm happy that you're no longer with this person because you don't deserve that. Somebody who looks at you and and has the audacity to tell you that type of statement at the end of a relationship, I could only imagine the type of trauma, as you said, and emotional warfare that he caused to you. So one, I'm happy that you're, you've moved on from that. And even though it might feel like you're stuck, the fact that you're no longer stuck in his presence is a win that you need to congratulate yourself for and take in. The second part about the fact that even when you meet somebody new and things are going well, that thought creeps back into your head and you pull away. What I have to say about that is that you need to find your own mental voice it's something interesting like we all have this voice on the inside of us you can call it your spirit you can call it like your voice of reason but throughout our lives and the experiences that we go through sometimes that voice is overtaken by somebody else's voice so either the voice of some people who put you down in the past a horrible ex people who never encouraged you or even fear like your own fear, your own insecurities, they can actually take over that voice and block you from being able to hear your own version. So what happens with that is what you're experiencing right now when you're meeting someone new and that thought keeps creeping up into your head. It's because that voice is louder than your own voice, your own self-confidence and what you believe to be true about yourself. And One of the best ways that I've found for myself to get rid of that voice, especially when it's coming from a place or a person who I don't like, I don't want that being my subtitles to my life, right? One of the best things that I've found to do is to find replacements. It's one thing to pull something out of your life that you don't like and empty it, but in that empty space, if you don't fill it with something worthy and valuable, you'll find yourself defaulting back to the voice of somebody else in the past or a voice of your fear, a voice of your shame and things like that. So when that thought comes into your head, I want you to take a a piece of paper and a pen right now and write out that statement. The one that said, no one will ever be able to put up with your BS, even if they like you. So write that out and any other negative voices and negative statements that continually come to your head. You need to write them out and have a look at them. And for each and every single one of them, write a replacement statement. So for this one, for example, no one will ever be able to put up your BS with your BS, even if they like you, you could replace that with, I, I will experience love because I'm worthy of it. I will encounter people who will see my flaws and love me regardless of it. I am a work in progress and I'm working towards better. So these thoughts, the ones that are already currently prevailing, they're not going to go away overnight, right? But what is going to happen is that as they continue to sit there, when they come up against you, you're going to completely combat it with a new thought. So it might even be that you don't remember these thoughts that you that you're writing out on paper but the moment you get that statement in your head you go grab that piece of paper or open up your notepad on your phone and you read out loud the replacement thought 
And when you're reading it out loud, you have to be convicted. Like you have to get to a place where you truly believe this to be true. And one of the tools that I have, it's a free tool that I have. I'll link it in the, um, in the show notes below is a mind, spirit, and body workbook. And what this is, is an exercise that could take you five minutes or five days. It really just depends on what, where you're at. It helps you align and get into synergy, synergy with your mind, body, and spirit. And I think this is the best way to get over this because it's one thing to think something in your head is no longer true. And it's another thing to be convicted with it from the inside. And the way I find conviction is going to the Bible. Like, I don't care what anybody says about me if it's contrary to what God says about me. And when what God says about me becomes my truth, I'm more likely to believe it and move into that change because God's word never fails. If I'm depending on the confidence given to me by somebody else who could change their mind, who could switch up on me, who might not like certain things I do, it's too risky. But if I put my life, if I put my joy, if I put my self-worth into what God says about me, that that will never change. And that's the most solid foundation. So that's the spirit part of the mind, spirit, and body. So we fix the mind by going through replacing those statements that he said and maybe any other statements that you're going through, replace them with something positive, something you want to believe in. And then you now go into scripture. You find out what God says about you, what he, who he says you are, and you find the scriptures that align with what you're trying to, what you have changed in your mind. And then the third part that really ties all of the synergy together is the body. And it's hard to like go on dates. Like, like you said, right, when you meet somebody new and things are going well, these thoughts creep back up into your head. It's because your mind and your spirit aren't in alignment with what your body's trying to do, which is the dating and putting yourself out there. But once you get those two parts in line, you're going to be able to step out and fully absorb those new situations, fully absorb the new people that you're meeting because you're coming from a place of confidence, a place where you know who you are, you know whose you are. You don't put weight on the things that irrelevant people who probably don't even know themselves, who were lost, said about you. You find your own joy and you justify yourself from that place. And then you're more easily able to absorb the things that new people are saying about you. You're able to give that person a clean slate. So they're not coming in and trying to prove to you that they're different from your past, or they're not coming in and suffering from the experiences of somebody they've never met. They are able to prove themselves to you and you trust yourself enough that as they're proving themselves to you, you continue to move in that. There might come a moment where they say something, you're like, yeah, that doesn't, that's not kosher. I don't believe in that. But you're going to do that based on their opinions and what you've seen from them instead of prematurely breaking things off because of what somebody in the past said who isn't even relevant in our life, um, in your life anymore, right? So get it out of the way. Um, you'll see it in the show notes. I will have that link to that freebie that I have. And I'll also send it to you directly. But for anybody else who's looking for it, it's also on my website at tokestalks.com. If you click on the freebie section, you will see there's two freebies, a uh, audio called excuse me, me, and this mind, spirit, and body exercise. So I hope that really helps. If you have any more thoughts about it and you want to discuss further, please feel free to reach out to me again and we can continue to have this conversation. So the second question, Hey Tokes, 
So I quit my job to become an entrepreneur five years ago. I had this big company idea and a product that once I launched it, I thought it would be huge. I did all the marketing, built anticipation, but the launch failed. I panicked and went back to my nine to five, but now I'm feeling like I should go off on my own again. Every time I start making the plan to quit, I remember the last time that I did and how it was such an epic fail. I can't stop imagining that this time will be just like the last time. I need to get over this. Again, thank you so much for sending in this question. And it's tough. Failure really sucks. Like failure sucks. But what I like, what I want you to do is look at that past situation and audit it. There's something about it that has not let you get over it. And I think the best way to do that is to face it. What did you experience during that time? If you look back now, five years later at that launch with the new knowledge you've gained from either just reading about other people or your current nine to five maturity and growth, what exactly do you think it was that was the disconnect of that last situation of that last launch that you did during your first stint at entrepreneurship find the root of it because when we say something was a failure sometimes we get to this place where we're so discouraged by the fact that something failed that we don't stop to audit which part of it failed maybe the whole thing isn't a failure maybe it was that you missed one critical part in the execution and based on that lack of that one part it caused everything else that you had created that was correct, that, that would have succeeded to crumble. So it's not a complete failure. So I need you to go back and audit what exactly happened. And I have a root work strategy. This is what I use to audit and set goals. So I'll just do a quick breakdown of what it is for you. And I'll also, yeah, I'll, I'll send it to you. I'll send you the root work strategy so that you can see how to fit into it and how to audit yourself. But a breakdown of the root work strategy is that there's one, there's four parts. Three of them are root work and one is your fruit. So your fruit is above ground and your fruit is the goal you have, what you want to do, what you want to accomplish, right? So for your launch, you wanted it to be a successful launch. So that was your fruit. But the thing about fruit is that it's the quality of the roots that go into place to create your fruit that actually determine the success of your fruit. So I want you to have that goal, write it out, write it out as your fruit, and then go into the root work. The first part of the root work is the depth. The depth is your personal conviction. So did you truly believe that it could be successful? What were the tools that you personally needed to make it successful? And what did you do for each of those tools? As you're going through it, you might find that you thought it was going to be successful, but there was a certain key part that was missing. And this is where the audit comes in, right? So you do your depth, everything that you needed to do to, to justify or to enable it to be successful. So once you're done going through your depth, then you go into the breadth. And that's all the external factors that were necessary for the success of the launch that you had five years ago. So you said you did marketing. You said you built anticipation. What other things were needed? Did you need financial support? Did you receive financial support? Were there Was there more studying you had to do? Did you focus on social media marketing, whereas your target audience may have not been in social media spaces, but they might have been in like businesses. So maybe you should have went to LinkedIn or whatever it is, right? So write out all the external factors outside of yourself that you did towards the launch of your product that you did five years ago. 
After that, I want you to now write a new column called the nutrients or like flip a new page because I don't know how long this is going to take you and how much resources you're going to need. But nutrients are the last part. You said it failed, right? You said that you launched it and you built up anticipation, but the launch failed. What happened after the failure, right? It's one thing to have your fruit. It's one thing to know the depth. It's one thing to know the breadth, but where, what are the nutrients? How did you determine that it failed? And when it wasn't successful based on whatever metric you had, what did you do after? Did you, was the failure in an information gap? Did you fill that gap or did you just quit? Right. I find that a lot of times it's in the nutrients that we often notice what happened, where our failures are, because we get so caught up in doing things a specific way that when it doesn't happen like that, the discouragement gets so overwhelming that we just stop. Instead of saying, okay, it didn't happen how I initially expected, but what part of it was missing and how could I have come back and rechecked and, and potentially changed and succeeded. So I want you to do this whole root work strategy, right? Start with your fruit, go to the depth, the breadth and the nutrients. And from there, I want you to now find the missing link. When you look at your goal from this type of perspective, you'll see that a lot more of it succeeded than failed. Although maybe the fruit, the final result wasn't exactly what you wanted, but a lot more of it probably did succeed than fail. And when you look at that and you put it in place, you'll feel a little bit more confident moving forward. The new situation, the new entrepreneurial endeavor that you're going to take, I'm not going to sit here and guarantee you that it's going to succeed. But what I can't guarantee you is that if you do the work over time, you will start to grow in ways where eventually one of the things you do will succeed. But if you paralyze yourself with fear to the point where you no longer start because of something from the past, you are completely blocking your opportunity to get to better. I'm not saying it's not going to be scary. I say it all the time that a lot of the things I do, I do while my legs are shaking. Why? Because the fear of repeating the past is less scary to me than the fear of doing nothing at all. So this is where you got to like realign. I'm you should also do the mind, spirit, and body to get yourself out of that place, right? What did you, what are your fears? What are you thinking? What do you want to replace that with? How do you align that with spirit so that you're truly convicted, not just from your mind, but rooted in something bigger than yourself. And then now what do you need to do with your body? What moves do you need to make to prove this alignment that you have just come into? So you need to first look back and face that fear. As I said, audit it for what it was, and then from there, build up the confidence and find the value and the purpose that makes it worthy for you to continue to step out and take this risk again. You have something bigger than you. This fear that you have to not do this, while coupled with the push that you have of why you need to do this, just goes to show that there is something in this for not just you, but for somebody else. And when your life is bigger than your own, you are taking a selfish move if you don't step into the things you're supposed to do. Because somebody's life is waiting for that thing you're supposed to do. And if you don't do it, not only are you hindering yourself, but the lives that are attached to you, the people who you're supposed to be the catalyst that moves them to the next level will not get to that level because you're here playing small and you're scared. So you need to face that fear. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be scary. But at the end, I promise you it's going to be worth it. So yeah. 
Those are the two questions for this week. Please send me your questions. I want to have these conversations with you. I have all of this wealth of knowledge and experience from my personal self and the study and just doing this podcast stuff for 150 episodes. And I want to be able to not just make these episodes that I think will be useful, but truly get into what you want me to do for you. And the only way I can do that is if you send me these questions. So next month is all about healing. I'm going to give five phases of healing that I went through that I think are sometimes not even talked about. So if you have any healing questions, send them my way and I will try my best to select you and answer your questions at the end of March. Thank you so, so, so much for listening to me for 150 episodes. Please continue to like, continue to share. Please leave reviews. There's video podcasting now. So go on YouTube and watch the video and see my face and all of the hand gestures that I'm doing in real life that I have been. But finally, now you can see it. Thank you so, so, so much for listening. Have an amazing week and I will talk to you next Wednesday. Bye.